You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on my book, Sustainable Frontiers, Unlocking Change Through Business, Leadership and Innovation. You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on my book, Sustainable Frontiers, Unlocking Change Through Business, Leadership and Innovation. Stakeholder Crowdsourcing and Disruptive Partnerships. Stakeholder Crowdsourcing. Companies from the Web 1.0 era still believe that focus groups, public meetings, stakeholder panels and the occasional online or in-store survey are adequate for taking the pulse of their stakeholders. At the same time, they are generally distrustful of ideas or solutions from outside their organizations. In short, they suffer from the not-invented-here syndrome. By contrast, Web 2.0 savvy companies realize that the world has moved into an era of crowdsourcing, as previously discussed, a term coined by Jeff Howe in 2006 and closely linked to the earlier idea of wisdom of crowds, popularized by James Sarowiecki. Turning this concept into practice, Future business will increasingly use filtered expert crowds to monitor their reputation, get feedback on sustainable product innovations, and solicit help in solving difficult ethical dilemmas. Stakeholder crowdsourcing is being pioneered by companies like Sony through its two online campaigns, Open Planet Ideas and Futurescapes, to generate new sustainable technology ideas, and platforms like Convetit, which General Electric has used to crowdsource feedback on its sustainability communications. Disruptive Partnerships Companies have had a decade to get used to the idea of cross-sector partnerships, which have been heavily promoted through the United Nations and given a boost through the inclusion in the Millennium Development Goals and now the Sustainable Development Goals. In a Web 2.0 world, however, business is expected to get into more challenging partnerships, collaborations which disrupt the status quo. For example, Greenpeace very effectively used social media to campaign against Nestle's KitKat brand after finding an Indonesian supplier that was clearing tropical rainforest to grow palm oil. A year later, Greenpeace praised Nestle for their no-deforestation commitment through its challenging partnership with TFT, a sustainable forestry NGO. Disruptive partnerships are being pioneered by the likes of Rio Tinto, partnering with the World Conservation Union to reduce their biodiversity impacts. BASF, through their strategic alliance for the fortification of oil and other staple food partnership with GIZ and Netherlands flooring company Desso, using their Circle of Architects Creative Forum. Open Sourcing and Wiki Ratings Open Sourcing One of the biggest changes in the society over the past 10 years has been the explosion of social media, but this revolution goes beyond sharing our holiday photos on Facebook or microblogging the minutiae of our lives 
on Twitter. The more fundamental innovation is a shift in thinking and practice towards open sourcing, which at its heart is about co-creation. Let's look at an example from the pharmaceutical industry to illustrate the point. After a decade under siege, with Big Pharma being accused of overpricing their patented brands and blocking access to cheaper generic drugs, GlaxoSmithKline's CEO Andrew Witte committed GSK to put their drugs with intellectual property rights that are relevant for neglected diseases into a patent pool so that they can be explored by other researchers. Other pioneering examples include the World Business Council for Sustainable Development's Eco-Patent Commons and the Creative Commons Green Exchange, both of which allow companies to share their intellectual property for the common good, especially on issues like waste, pollution, climate change and energy. Tesla Motors also open-sourced its electric car patents. Wiki Ratings Another feature of Web 2.0 design is that it easily allows users to express an opinion on others' content, from the ubiquitous thumbs-up-like feature on Facebook to the fresh red versus rotten green tomato movie rating system on rottentomatoes.com. Now we are going beyond these simplistic approaches to dynamic wiki-based platforms that allow the public to rate and comment in detail on the economic, governance, social and environmental performance of companies. One such innovative platform which I have been directly involved in is Wikirate, founded by Philip Hirsch. Not only does Wikirate use a crowdsourcing approach to ratings, but in much the same way as Wikipedia, it allows for real-time updating. Hence, an ethical infringement or a sustainability innovation will be reflected almost immediately in the company's wiki rating. Other pioneering examples in the rating space are Good Guide, We Green, Project Label, and Scrive. Although judging by sustainability's Rate the Raters report, none of the 108 rating systems identified employ a methodology quite so democratic and transparent as Wikirate. Prototyping and Smart Mobbing Prototyping Innovation has always used prototyping. In other words, designing a working sample of new products and services. The difference in a Web 2.0 world is that prototypes are launched early as imperfect versions to solicit rapid user feedback in a process often called beta testing. One way to bring about such rapid open-source prototyping is through competitions. Take the XPRIZE, for example, which describes its mission as bringing about radical breakthroughs for the benefit of humanity in five areas education, global development, energy and environment, life sciences, and exploration. Through this platform, multi-million dollar prizes are offered for innovative solutions in everything from progressive automation and oil cleanup to health sensors and diagnostic technologies. Another pioneering example is Virgin's $25 million Earth Challenge for a commercially viable design which results in the net removal of anthropogenic atmospheric greenhouse gases so as to contribute materially to the stability of the Earth's climate system. Smart Mobbing 
Web 2.0 technologies have spawned a new type of protest activity called smart mobbing. This simply means using real-time media and sharing platforms, especially SMS texts and status updates like tweets on Twitter, to rapidly organize a crowd. Examples include viral text messaging in the Philippines that helped to oust former President Joseph Estrada in 2001 and the use of Twitter during the Arab Spring uprisings in 2011. Smart mobs can also coordinate virtual activity, such as when the hacktivist group Anonymous encouraged its followers to launch cyber attacks against Visa, MasterCard, PayPal and other companies opposing WikiLeaks in 2011. Similarly, Greenpeace encouraged smart mobbing following its 2010 campaign against Nestle's KitKat brand. The campaign video was viewed by half a million people in four days and unleashed a flood of angry comments on Nestle's Facebook page. Smart mobbing can also be used positively, such as when Mission 4636 created an SMS text mapping emergency communication system after the 2010 Haiti earthquake. In future, companies and governance will increasingly need to anticipate and respond to activist smart mobs, as well as seeding their own. App farming and plug and play. App farming. Despite some great new gadgets over the past few years, such as tablets or wearable tech, the war of the computing giants has turned into a battle of apps. Underlying this explosive trend, Android users were quickly able to choose between 1.3 million apps on the Google Play platform, while Apple's App Store remained second largest with 1.2 million available apps. Apps, which are software applications, are essentially neatly packaged user-friendly online services, ranging from games such as Angry Birds or Scrabble, and music such as Spotify or Shazam, to education from NASA or Spelling Bee, and business, Harvard Business Review Tips or Easy Money 1.0. There is also a new generation of apps focused on social and environmental solutions. Google Play lists more than 400 sustainability-related apps. The most popular is Blah Blah Car, which connects drivers with empty seats for people looking for a ride, allowing users to post on and search the biggest European car-sharing community. Other popular apps in this genre include Good Guide for ethical shopping, Carbon Footprint Calculators, Google Play lists 5, and educational games like Sustainable Me. Hence, businesses of the future will be judged on whether they can seed and grow farms of apps that provide solutions to the world's most serious challenges. Plug and Play The final Web 2.0 savvy practice is to think in terms of plug and play solutions. Essentially, this form of smart technology detects its operating environment, installs whatever software is needed, and is operational without any action by the user. To take a simple example, rather than having to manually unplug or switch off household electrical devices to save energy, a plug-and-play device in the home automatically detects all idle devices and disables them remotely. 
Similar approaches apply to optimal energy-efficient heating and cooling of buildings, such as indoor climate regulation, and low-carbon driving, which automatically chooses the emission-minimizing acceleration and cruise speeds. Plug-and-play also applies to our shopping preferences. In the future, we will have automatic product filters that match our personal preferences, whether it is for fair trade, organic, beauty without cruelty, or health. When shopping online, we will only see products that match our personal criteria. Similarly, in-store, we will be alerted to products that meet our standards, a process achieved through auto-scanning by our mobile devices of in-store barcodes and associated criteria-linked product databases. The message is clear for business. Web 2.0 is not just about everybody being continuously online. Rather, it is about a business taking a new mindset that thinks in terms of the collective intelligence of its stakeholders, the co-creation of solutions to our global challenges, and the use of technology to achieve speed and scale in spreading innovation to those parts of the world that have the biggest and most urgent unmet needs. Future Images Beyond the Information Age As we move further into the future, some argue that Web 2.0 will be superseded by more inspiring and empowering trends. A good place to start is to get the industrial age well behind us, for it has been a crumbling image for at least the past four decades. In its wake, however, we find the explosive rise of a revolutionary successor. I am, of course, referring to the information age. Notable authors on the subject include Peter Drucker, Robert Theobald, Daniel Bell, John Naisbitt, Alvin Toffler and Peter Russell. Few people today would disagree that the information age represents the popular metaphor of our time. However, the question for the future is, does this fashionable image have the energy and endurance to carry humanity into the 21st century and beyond? In reply, many say yes, for it has yet to fully transform society, and they cite various visions of an emerging global society, decentralized yet intimately linked by the wonders of information technology. Others, though less prescriptive and fewer in number, say no, society is already reaching beyond the information age, and a new vision is needed which will help clarify and call forth the next phase of our collective development. One of the pioneering voices in this regard is American futurist Hazel Henderson. In her book Paradigms in Progress, she states her position unequivocally. She says, The information age is no longer an adequate image for the present, let alone a guide to the future. It still focuses on hardware technologies, mass production and economic models of efficiency and competition, and is more an extension of industrial ideas and methods than a new stage in human development. Henderson's suggested alternative is what she calls a repatterning of the exploding information age into an emerging new age of light. She bases this image on evidence of a growing realization by humanity of its dependence on nature, and more precisely, on light from the sun. Beyond the mushrooming ecological movement and the call for sustainable development, she draws support for her theory from the recent phenomenal growth in leading-edge technologies which do nothing more 
than attempt to mimic the ingenuity of nature, a phenomenon also well catalogued by Janine Benyus in her book Biomimicry. The obvious examples include artificial intelligence technologies, which include expert systems, hypertext, associative learning programs, multiprocessor parallel computers, and neural net computers. Biotechnologies, including gene splicing, molecular engineering, cloning, plant hybridization, bioremediation, immunology, gene machines and nanotechnologies, energy technologies, including photovoltaic cells, fusion reactors, biomass converters, membrane technologies, molecular assemblers and synthetic photosynthesis, and lightwave technologies or phototronics, including fiber optics, optical scanners, lasers, holography, optical computers, and imaging technologies. Henderson explains that her conception of the Age of Light goes even further, however, and suggests that it include a symbolic interpretation, namely the flowering of our consciousness in a new Age of Enlightenment. This idea of Henderson's dovetails nicely with the work of Peter Russell, author of the groundbreaking book The Awakening Earth. Russell draws the following conclusions from his research. He says, rapid as the growth of the information industry is, it may still not be the fastest growing area of human activity. There are indications that the movement towards the transformation of consciousness, in other words, self-development and inner growth, is growing even faster. The number of people involved in this area seems to be doubling every four years or so. If the growth of interest continues to swell, so will the number of people, and we may reach a tipping point, possibly sometime early next century, when the employment curve for consciousness processing will overtake that of information processing. The evolution of human consciousness will then have shifted from the information age into the consciousness age.